everybody's doing well. Welcome to the Blunt and No Not Weed podcast. This is your girl Mutondwa, and I am back for another episode um, during our Sexy September series. And it's been a really great series. Um, I think this is the fourth episode that I'll be releasing for this Sexy September series. So I hope you guys have been enjoying the content that we've had before. Um, it's been very insightful. Um, I know that sex is something that a lot of people don't usually talk about. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why it can still be such a, a taboo because we don't really talk about it, especially as, as women and uh, more so as women of color because we have been raised more often than not in conservative you know, households. So I am very excited for my guest today. <laughs> I'm very excited. Um, so we met, we met when I was in China and I was in Yay. Beijing <laughs> and um, I was teaching there. You guys already know if you've listened to my past episodes. And Wendy is one of the first people I met when I got to the company. And I remember, I think um, I was, we were sitting in like the, the teacher's corner and um, I, we, we sparked up a conversation. I don't even remember what we were talking about, but I just not remember. Sex. Were we talking not about sex. Definitely not sex. <laughs> but I don't remember what we're talking about. And I just remember because, of course, I had been in, in China at that time, I think for about two weeks, uh, three weeks, roughly. And oh. everybody I'd met was very um, conservative, very nice, very polite as well. And I remember I was talking to Wendy and Wendy was just dropping F-bombs all over the place. I remember she was just like, <laughs> oh, well, fuck this. And like, oh, well, that's stupid. Like, what the fuck? Are they dumb? Like, she was, she was like just dropping F-bombs and shit bombs. And I was like, hmm, she's a very interesting <laughs> interesting <laughs> and and immediately I knew and I think I asked you this oh yes we talked about your your citizenship because you had told me that um you had grown up in Chicago right in America and that uh -huh. you had to choose your citizenship which one because I think in 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 China you have to choose one yeah, you can't have uh, citizenship, yeah. right? So and yeah. you were telling me that you chose the Chinese one and we were kind of talking mm. about that. And then I was like, ah, okay. She's had some some kind of Western influence because I swear oh. to God. <laughs> I was like, mm, this, is, this is not how like, the Chinese girls I had met had been speaking. And I was like, ah, oh, Wendy's going to be my person. And then we became friends ever since then yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yay. magic story magic story but welcome wendy welcome to the blunt and no not weed podcast uh, Thank you. yeah she is current well she will introduce herself just now but we have a massive time difference right now a massive one but yeah <laughs> wendy please go ahead and introduce yourself okay hello everybody um i'm wendy I'm from oh, where I'm from. Um, I'm from China actually, but I was born in the U.S. and I have lived over there for uh, 20 years. Um, and now I'm in New Zealand with my partner Daniel. 
Yeah, and I'm um, almost 30 years old. Almost. Yeah, almost the thermal months. I will be 30s. And yeah, everything's pretty good here, except the lockdown part. And I'm really happy to join Tony Girls podcast today. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So welcome, Wendy. And I'm so happy to have you here. And mm. um, I'm happy to talk about this particular topic, you know, um, mm. because you've had, you, she mentioned just now that you, you lived, uh, born and raised in America 20 years mm. or so, and then you moved back to China. So now, of course, the two cultures are quite different, like very, very yep. different. How did you find transitioning back into Chinese culture after having lived in the U.S. for so long? Um, it was really like difficult at first, but um, I have Chinese parents and my mom is very good my mom can speak very good English but my dad couldn't so I was pretty much raised with traditional Chinese culture at home mm. and yeah um well the biggest challenge when I got in China was like the uh, food and the culture thing yeah because in the states we have Chinese food in China. The Chinese food is very different. Like we don't have 14 cookies in China. I don't know where the hell is that from? Okay, yeah. And yeah, and the culture challenge is about uh, like education system is very different. Yeah, mm. and in the States, we learn five years in like junior high and high school and four years Four years in the university but in China so everybody has to spend six years in primary school and six years in junior high and high school another four years in the university yeah and my language problem was very challengeable too mm. so I didn't speak really good Mandarin at first mm. yeah wow so it's like transitioning between I mean, the nice thing is that you said you were raised by Chinese traditional parents. So they were still, even though you were in the US, still teaching mm, yeah. you um, Chinese culture, which I think is, is yeah. awesome. Now you mentioned your Mandarin because when when we met, you were like what my translator, right? <laughs> you really were my translator. You and Haley yeah. were like my translators. So now when I think about it, I always just thought your, your Chinese is completely fluent, right? How oh, would you, yeah. and your English is also completely fluent. How would, oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, how would um, fellow Chinese people rate your, your Chinese? Because of course, as a foreigner listening to it, I can't tell, you know, the quality. But I know, for yeah. example, I speak English and another language called Venda. When I speak Venda, oh. um, 
uh, people, vendor people might be like, okay, she's maybe like a B1, you know, in vendor, for example. Mm-hmm. How would ch- other Chinese people rate your Chinese, do you think? Or how do you rate it? Um, I think it's, I think my Chinese is fine. I think it's fine. But um, when I first came back in China, it was really like disaster because mm-hmm. I learned Cantonese at first and then Mandarin when I was in the States. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah. And uh, we lived in Beijing, like the capital of China. And everybody was like really fluent with Mandarin instead of Cantonese. Mm-hmm. And I was the girl like spoke Mandarin, but with a Cantonese accent. So mm-hmm. everybody was like, what is wrong with this girl? Like this at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe after, I think, two years, yeah, I was okay. I just got rid of the Cantonese accent. So I became like a local-looking girl, local, mm-hmm. like, something like that. Some like, oh, I actually come from Beijing. Like, mm-hmm. that. yeah. Okay. So you, 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 you developed the local, I guess, accent as well. So people could uh, yeah. be like, okay, she's, she's from Beijing in a sense. And <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think that's, that's pretty cool. And kudos to your parents for being able to maintain. So you were able to speak Cantonese and Mandarin um, and then mm-hmm. be able to do very well in them. Because I, I know as, as I know this as well, as a child who's lived in various cities, um sometimes far away from the city that speaks my language when I go back to that city they're just like why do you speak this language like this so it can be a bit (laughs) you know frustrating (laughs) frustrating okay all right now you mentioned that you were raised in a in a traditional Chinese family what does that Mm. mean like for someone listening maybe in South Africa or in you know Costa Rica or wherever around the world what does mm. a traditional Chinese family look like? What are the beliefs um, and values? I think it's very different from like all kinds of other families. Mm. Uh, we, we don't go to church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just pardon me if you go to church. Okay. Oh, no, so no, we don't it's go okay. To... <laughs> <laughs> you don't go to church. Other people can go to church. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, we don't go to church and I have curfews like really early every day, like 7 p.m. I have to be home before 7 p.m. when I was doing school. Mm. Yeah. And my parents were very shy just to talk about like sexual things or mm. sexual related things if that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. It does. It makes perfect <laughs> sense, girl. Mm-hmm. English has been broken for a very long time. So, <sighs> yeah. And <laughs> anything else? Yeah, and we use chopsticks. To yes. Meals. Yes. Mm. And yeah. you also yeah. eat dinner very early. I remember you once right. invited me over for dinner and it, it was five o'clock dinner. And I was like, five o'clock? <laughs> <laughs> That's very early, but yes. Yeah, very early, because mm-hmm. we have curfew, you know. And uh, yeah, and we also celebrate all kinds of Chinese festivals in the States too. 
Wow. Yeah, like spring festivals, like even、um, a couple of days ago, we had the Mid Autumn Festival.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we eat mooncake. And for spring festival, we also do like dumplings, like、mm-hmm. overnight dumplings, thing. Yeah, like that.、Mm-hmm. And I think、uh, one more little weird thing is we don't really invite friends or families come over to our house very often.、Mm-hmm. Yeah,、hmm. yeah. I think I really want to, but my parents were like, "Um,、oh, no, you need to study."、Mm. Okay, fine. So no friends in the house. Okay, I need to study. Yeah, pretty much that's how I spend all my school years with、wow. my parents. Wow. And and would they, for example, you mentioned your curfew was about seven p.m. Was this、yeah. all the way into junior high and high school as well? Yeah, right. Just before I went to college, every day I have to be home, but by seven p.m.、Mm. And were there any restrictions of where you could be before seven p.m., or could you pretty much do what you want until seven p.m.?、Mm. Yeah, my parents just told me you can do whatever you want, but my understanding was I just I can only do anything about studying. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like go visit my study partner, or we go to a library together, like that. Wow! So, what did you do on weekends? So, let's say no school, no homework. What did you do for fun on weekends? Oh, uh, for fun. Oh, I went swimming with my friends,、mm-hmm. and yeah, pretty much the sports. And we went picnic sometimes with my mom and dad and my、mm. family dog. Yeah. How's Loki? I, I Loki is just sweet. <laughs> Loki. <laughs> yeah, but she's with my parents in China now. Mm, okay. Okay.、Yeah. Alrighty. So it seems like there was not a lot of.、Uh, Had like not not necessarily freedom, but the schedule was very strict, right? Very strict,、mm. and even I'm sure they said it as well because my African conservative parents would say it too. Like the assumption is that you have to study, like it is known,、yep. right? Even if they don't say it every day, you know that I have to do well in school and I have to study at the end of the day. Okay,、mm. and did you find that? Did you find it normal? Did you find that you were? Did you think that you were maybe missing out,、um, especially because you are in the Western setting during that time, and your friends are probably, you know, doing whatever, going wherever. Did you ever feel like you were missing out, or were you? Was it just normal for you? I felt really、um, like disappointed sometimes. Yeah, because yeah, I really wanted to go out, but my parents just kept telling me, "Yeah, you can go out when you're in college. Yeah, when you're like over eighteen years old, or like yeah, when you can just support yourself, you can do whatever you want." And I started dreaming about a future life. Okay, so、mm, when I'm in the university, I can do whatever I want.、Mm. Yeah, pretty much like that. Oh, and one more thing,、mm-hmm. and very important. When I first just got into junior high school, and my mom just just told me pretty much every week,、uh, "Are you smoking weed?" Pretty much. Oh, really? Asking me every 
week, yeah, because yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> Where do you think it came from? Was it because they were hearing on the news that the kids are into weed or weed was getting popular at that time? Yeah, I think that's why, because it's getting really popular in the States, especially for the teenagers, they smoke mm -hmm. weed all the time. Yeah, and you know, Chinese people, they're really strict about this kind of drug things. Mm. Yeah, so my parents were really traditional too. So just keep mm. telling me no drugs, no. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, mom. It's always the same: no sex and no drugs. They go together. Right. You can't, you can't do both. Okay. You're now, right. Yes. <laughs> now you mentioned that you were um, you were not very religious, right? Um, for mm. me, I was raised very religious, so a lot of my 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 sex thoughts and education came from a religious background now for mm, you yeah. you weren't very religious but your parents made it very clear that and were very shy that sex is not something you talk about so growing up what were your thoughts on on sex obviously you're a teenager so you're going to be mm -hmm. faced with the media right movies tv shows maybe your friends talking about it but what were your own thoughts that you had at the time about sex, if any? Mm, I um, I think I got all the, I learned all the information I needed to know from school. Mm, okay, <laughs> yeah, sex my, ed. Yeah, and some of my close friends from high school. And I rarely learned anything from my parents for some reason. Okay. And mm, was it yeah. never brought up at all, ever, the conversation? Never. Never. Never, yeah. Even yeah, to like, say, don't do it, it was never brought up? Never. Not in my memory, no. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's it was really, hmm. yeah, really interesting, especially when we were in, when I was in high school. And... Um, you know, we have the like uh, TPA or PTA something mm -hmm. like a parent teacher association. Mm -hmm. So pretty much all the parents need to be together to like to know about their kids, how mm -hmm. they act in school, how are their scores and what do they learn like that. And when my teacher, what was her name? Forgot, maybe <laughs> Mrs. David, Mrs. Johnson, Jackson, I forgot. Just, uh, yeah, when, when she was telling all the parents, oh, this is what we learn. And all the parents, I suggest you to care about how your kids, blah, 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 like that. Like mm -hmm. how they, um, if they have any questions, something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, about like, uh, yeah, that's really sensitive to mention with my parents, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, if they have any concern about the sex part, mm -hmm. well, well, as a parent, uh, you can just answer and help your kid to go mm -hmm. through this special stage or something, blah, 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 like that. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, my parents were there. But mm. after that, I never mentioned anything to me. So I was mm. like, okay, I guess <laughs> I will find out about myself then. Yeah, yeah. Were you in the meeting when your teacher was saying this as well? Uh, yes, 
Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so then I'm sure like, because you know, like you can feel the, the atmosphere, right? So I'm sure it was a probably very tense atmosphere in that moment. And then, mm-hmm. the, and then when you go home, it's never talked about ever again. So then you're probably just like, okay, this is, this is um, like you said, I'll find out for myself because you're definitely not going to tell me, you know? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And so you mentioned sex ed. And I always find sex ed very interesting because in South Africa, it was called life orientation, right? Like they're teaching you orienting life for you. I don't even know where that comes from. But <laughs> in the US, it's called sex ed. And now for us in South Africa, it was very, again, very conservative. So even in school during sex education, you were being taught abstinence. So just don't do it. If you do it, and then they'll show you all the pictures of the STDs and the STIs, and they'll so just to scare the shit out of you, basically, into not doing mm-hmm. it, you know. So wow. what was sex ed like for you guys over there in America? It was very open, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just like to talk with my like girlfriends over there. It was very open and they are very happy to answer all of your concerns and questions um yeah especially when we find out some like body changes like you don't understand why i'm why what's going on with my body Mm. yeah yeah but with my parents it's different story so well yeah okay now i'm curious because um I've talked about this story in, I think, the first episode of of the Sexy September series, where you as a girl, you are going through certain changes within your body, right? And of Mm. course, one of the biggest one is when you start your period. And I remember for me, Mm. I ran to my mom and I was like, listen, lady, like, what's going on? Like, what is this? So immediately, for you, who helped you through that process? Or did you kind of have to go at it by yourself? Um, I think my mom helped me, helped me at the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she was really, um, really like funny story. Yeah. My mom kicked out my dad first, right after (laughs) I told my mom, mom, I'm bleeding. And my my mom was like, okay, dad, you, can you just leave us for a moment? And my Mm -hmm. dad was like, oh, oh, okay. And yeah, my mom just told me something about oh it's fine you don't have to worry about that mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and how it happens every month what mm-hmm. do I need to do when my period comes and yeah pretty much a Chinese thing you know Chinese people don't especially Chinese girls we don't eat like ice cream mm-hmm. or drink cold water or just go swimming when the period starts Mm. something like that and I was like oh okay that helps mm. yeah and after that and I asked my mom why couldn't I couldn't I talk about this with my dad mm. and my mom just like pretending she didn't listen to the late she didn't hear me mm. yeah something like that <laughs> so very hush hush very yeah like we, we private this is very private we don't talk about this out loud or too loud 
Mm. Okay. And then after that, was there ever any other conversation around it or that was it, the, the introduction and then you can go off on your own and kind of figure it out? Because- uh, uh, After you know. that, oh, yes. No, continue. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Wi-Fi is not too stable here. Okay, yeah, after that, I noticed that maybe my mom didn't want to talk about that all the time. Not all the time, just sometimes. Mm. Yeah, so I just came to my friends, my close friends, and they had the same thing happen too. Mm. So I was like, oh, so finally somebody can feel me. Mm. So yeah, they suggested to me if I have any concern, just go see one of the teachers at school. Mm. And there was like a, a phone number that I can call if I feel depressed mm. or I feel really worried. Yeah, to call. And I called maybe a few times just to <laughs> ask some questions. And mm. the teacher was really nice. So really good. Wow. So the education system showed up for you. Definitely. Yep. Definitely. Yep. I think that's amazing. And I think that's a I guess a testament to Western culture is that it is a little more open with these kinds of conversations. So you could ask yeah. your question. It's actually shocking exactly. to me how little <laughs> we know our own bodies, you know, as women. Yeah. I'm just like, there's, there's so many things that happen and I'm just like, what is happening now? Like, what is this now? You know? And it's just like, <laughs> But you don't know where to go to ask these questions. I'm very happy that you had, especially during your, your teenagers, had a place where you could go. And also kudos yeah. to your mom for, I'm sure it was very uncomfortable for her, but for mm -hmm. her to have that conversation, you know. But mm -hmm. I'm sure she was preparing for that. The moment she found out she's having a girl, she was like, ah, one day, one day, yeah. we'll have this conversation. <laughs> one day okay mm. so that is that is your your background um now to this day um you talked about you've moved to new zealand um you with your partner danny mm. right mm. Daniel, um yeah. daniel danny <laughs> um i remember when she got married she said she's like she sent me the marriage certificate because she i couldn't believe her i was like wait what and she's like yeah here and then you you screenshotted me the marriage certificate I was like oh okay um but yeah so Danny um he's raised he was raised in, in New Zealand which is also technically the west as well yeah. right mm. um do you guys when it comes to to upbringing and and thinking do you guys do you think you guys have like a similar way of thinking or looking at life or do you think maybe the attraction between the two of you comes because you come from such different um, quote unquote worlds, I would say. So mm. how, how because I remember when you guys started talking, you know, if Danny mm. ever listens to this, I was there, I was, I, we were having talks about, you know, <laughs> when we were talking about it and you guys. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, what was I saying again? What was my question? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Okay, so my, do you remember?
remember my question, Wendy. Do I have to? Not really. Not really. I just love your laughter so much. <laughs> oh God, thank you. I miss your laughter. Listen, we would literally sit in a corner and just talk <laughs> and just laugh for like so long. But anyway, okay. so um, Danny, do yeah. you think you guys share the same views on life? Um, I know we like we jumping, but the reason I'm asking is because, of course, when it comes to to um, to sex, um, depending mm. on who you're dating or who you're with, um, you might have similar views and similar upbringing, so that it helps you understand each other in that way. But sometimes mm -hmm. you you don't. So, do you think you have a similar mindset with um, with Danny when it comes to this particular area? I guess mm. that was my question. <laughs> yes, I think my answer is yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, now let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about your mindset because we talked about all the way until um, eighteen, which is basically until the end of high school. So you move mm -hmm. to university, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. you're free. Now you're free. You've been imagining your future. I just need to get to university. What was university like for you? Was it? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, what, what was your question, Tandy? Okay, so I was going to follow up with, was it everything you thought it would be or everything you imagined it would be? The university, right? Mm -hmm. Well, well, we went back to China, like when I, when I was 18, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I went to university in China, in Beijing, China. Oh, okay. So this is this is a shift. So what happened? Yes. So you you now be, what, okay. This is a question. When you were imagining the university experience, you were probably mm. imagining the American university experience, correct? Right. Yeah. And so now you have to switch to then the the. Beijing or Chinese university experience what was that mm -hmm. like what was that like for you that was like uh, that was very different yeah because in the university in my understanding uh, sorry in the states in my understanding it was like uh, I need to read a lot of books every semesters and so I can do my essays finish my paper on time and just to learn the knowledge by myself but in China the university what's wrong with my tongue today <laughs> okay so uh, in China the university is like hmm, okay so the teacher will be responsible for everything they teach everything mm -hmm. so um, the, the students were very like chilling every day mm -hmm. yeah so we we do have some classmates, they didn't really study hard. And I also have like other part of the classmates, they study very hard every day. Mm. Yeah, they either have a really like specific um, like goal, future goal. Mm. They wanna like either go study abroad or they wanna just join some very good companies after they graduate. Mm. yeah like that and the university in china is really like cheap mm. yeah mm -hmm. 
I remember it was like maybe like a thousand eight hundred US dollars a year in China. Mm, mm. <clears throat> yeah, wow. but in the States, it's very oh, expensive. Very probably expensive. like mm -hmm. thirty thousand for one semester, or like that. Jeez. That's crazy. Do you think maybe that's one of the reasons your parents decided to move back to China for your university? I actually think so. Yeah. Mm, definitely. <laughs> I I because one of the things with with you know US university fees is it's really oh it's crazy. <laughs> like it's really yeah, it crazy. It is crazy. Mm. Yeah, especially the private universities over there. Yeah, and another reason is I was 18 years old, so I had to choose one citizenship. Mm, you know? mm. And so, yeah, so we just went back to China. And my parents' business was a little bit slow in the States. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Now, when it came to choosing your, your citizenship, how did you make the decision? Like, did, did your parents have a say or did you just make the decision? Because I remember we talked about this um, briefly, but mm. you, you mentioned that, you know, you chose your Chinese citizenship. But mm -hmm. why did you choose the Chinese citizenship? Was it because you had now relocated back to China or did you choose it before you relocated or after you relocated? Mm, I chose it before we relocated in China, I think. Yeah. Mm, okay. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, because uh, you know, the US citizenship, you can always find a way to get it. Mm. Yeah. Either it's just like a, um find a job or mm. you study in this in the States and then find a job, mm. or you have a family member who is the US citizen. Mm. Yeah, but Chinese citizen is not like that. It's like, yeah, you're a foreigner, but you mm. work your ass off. You can only get the permanent residency. Mm. Definitely, yeah. definitely. So the the and plus, I mean, China is literally about to become. They already started to become the next superpower. So um, <laughs> having a Chinese citizenship. Oh yes, girl. Having a Chinese citizenship is is gold right now. And like you mentioned, oh. it's nearly impossible to get one. Actually, it's impossible to get one unless you are, you know, a Chinese citizen with Chinese parents. Mm. So mm. yeah. Okay. Now, when we talk about you mentioned the institutional differences of you know American colleges and university colleges. I mean, and mm. Chinese colleges. Um, what about the culture? Because, you know, we, we grew up watching all the Hollywood high school movies about America. Mm -hmm. Like they yeah. were so popular, you know. My favorite one was John Tucker Must Die. Oh my God, I loved that movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like we have a, a perception of what university culture looks like in America. Now for mm -hmm. you, I'm sure you had your own perceptions because you you were living there. Um, what is the like the social cultural differences when it comes to American universities and and Chinese universities? Are they um, do they party as hard? <laughs> I guess is my question. <laughs> or is it more like you mentioned, very goal oriented? 
this is what I'm here to do. This is what I need to get. What what is this the social differences? Do you think? It's huge. It's very different. Yeah, mm. I'm sure the people, the students in the U.S. they party a lot, especially if you're a freshman.、Mm. And、um, yeah, I think you have more options to do the social thing. Like you can either join a group or a club. Mm-hmm. Or you can find a like a, the interest group you can share every day. Like、mm-hmm. uh, I have a friend, I think she works in UCLA right now, and、mm-hmm. she is the history, you know, some history professor.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she used to just、uh, have a group that full of students love history together.、Oh. So yeah. They can have like a regular meeting,、mm-hmm. or just like a, start a channel on YouTube,、mm-hmm. and they just shot video by themselves every week. I think that's pretty good. Yeah,、wow. it's really colorful life over there.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.、And、plus, yeah. Plus, you have they have very heavy workload,、uh, mm-hmm. study load too. So it's really hard to balance. Study、mm. and social life, actually, but、mm. in China, it's,、mm, it's not really colorful. It's like、uh, everybody focuses on their like research, on their study more than social life.、Mm. Yeah, maybe different. Like university has different like social culture. But when I went to university, so ninety percent of the time, every day I study, study, study. And spend all my time in the library, and like went back to my dormitory maybe very late, like two a.m., three a.m.、Wow. like that. Yeah, and everybody was like, "Hurry, hurry!" in the morning just to take up some spot in library in very、wow. early morning, like five and six. Yeah. Wow. So it was very. Like you said, very goal oriented. So we have to study. We have to, you know, get the marks that we need to get. Submit all、right. the assignments on time. So interesting, interesting. And were there clubs that you could join, like societies within the the Beijing Chinese、um, universities, or were they not? Or were they just not a priority? Maybe. Yeah, they are. They were not priority actually.、Mm. So priority is always study, go to school, go join the class, and finish the homework. And if the professor is really、um, strict with everything, so you have、mm. to maybe help the professor do some work too. Wow.、Yeah. So it's basically so you went from a cur- a seven p.m. curfew, right? But to、yeah. then at home with your parents, but then it, to university you had like a two a.m. curfew in the sense that you were spending most of the time at the library. So yeah, right. Wow, jeez, you you make my university experience just ratchet because I was <laughs> I was I was I was out in the streets, Wendy. I was out in the streets <laughs> at two、okay. a.m. <laughs> I, I I was too busy, but again, I, I think in South Africa we have a bit of a 
a Western influence in terms of our university culture. So mm -hmm. yes, it's, it's very strict and you have to pass and you have to you know, finish all your assignments and submissions. But on the flip side, you have this very vibrant university social life as well. So you have to yeah. find the balance yourself. Okay. Right. Now, okay, so that's through university. I have a question. During this time, mm. like during maybe junior high, high school into university, were you ever dating at that time? Or was dating also just not included in the the way of being? Because I know with us um, growing up in, in a conservative African family, you don't date. They don't want to hear about dating. They, who, who are you dating? For what? Are you going to get married? So, so you never could. <laughs> you, and even if you were dating, you had to keep it a secret. So what was dating like for you during that time? Um, it was really secretly. secretly? Mm. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, when I was in high school, I told my mom, oh, I had a crush on this guy like very open-minded talking and mom was like no hello okay fine wow i stopped talking then yeah like that so i just talked with my friends about oh i like this guy how is he he's really good oh, he's playing basketball now i like like that gossip all the time before yeah so yeah i love my parents but we do need more like communication i think in our life mm, absolutely and i think mm. that is that's a very good point that you made that you do love your parents because yeah. sometimes like i come on here all the time and i i bash african parents like i do and i talk and i say we have to do it differently like i know for a fact um mm. you are going to do it differently with your kid uh because you know that it, it doesn't work this way. You've experienced what it's like to not have the conversations, to not be open. So you're probably going to want to be more open later on, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I think it, it creates a, a different generation, which is nice. And it's not that we don't love our parents. It's just showing you the different ways we were raised, where it could have been better and where we can improve going forward as well. So mm -hmm. you're right. Like, yep. I, I like that um, you were, because Wendy's very open. She's such, you're such an open person and so inquisitive and so freaking funny. So for me, I just picture this, you know, I picture you as like at, at like 16 or 14, just being your very inquisitive self and asking these questions, like going to your mom and saying, oh my God, I have a crush on this boy. And your mom goes, yeah. no, <laughs> no, no, no. And then, and then you having to be like, oh, okay, we don't talk about this, you know? Right. So I'm sure you had quite a lot of those moments where you were like, ah, okay, I can't talk about this. But then I think yeah. it, it, it creates this, and I knew it very early on, it creates this almost, double life effect right we were talking about mm -hmm. like very secretive or secretly would say something or do something so it creates this version of you in front of your parents and then it also creates this more I guess real version of you in front of your friends or your girlfriends who you talk to and mm -hmm. tell stuff to etc so yeah very interesting 
Okay, so you had crushes in high school. Um, <laughs> how many <laughs> do you remember? Uh, <laughs> high school. Uh, one. <laughs> one. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And what did you yeah. like about him? Uh, well, he was really like tall mm-hmm. and like, uh, I'm gonna say hyper. But I don't think that's a decent word to describe a guy. But yeah, you like know, he was really yeah, energetic every day. Mm. So playing all kinds of sports. Yeah, I love sports a lot. So yeah, so pretty much he's like, wow, this guy is a pro. Mm. Wow, he's so good. Yeah, and after maybe Ooh. twice, mm. and I can see him everywhere. So it's like. Wow, this guy's great. Something like that. That's what the universe does. When when you say, "Oh, I like that," and or this, it just starts showing you that everywhere, like all the time. (laughs) I'm so you started seeing him everywhere. Okay, okay. So you you like? I guess they call it jocks, right? Like the guys who do sports. Would he be called Mm -hmm. a jock? Classified as a jock? Oh, really? Wow, that's new. Thanks, yeah. yeah, because it's like, oh, you have the jocks and the cheerleaders. This is all my knowledge from, from Hollywood movies. Hollywood high school movies <laughs> really screwed up our lives. I'm telling you, they fucked everything up. But anyway, <laughs> um, okay. Now, in university, were you dating in university or there was just no time? Um, there was just no time. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, but I did have a boyfriend when I was in uh, in the university. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was my ex. We were together for eight years. You remember that story? Yes. Is this the ex? Yeah. So, yes, I remember. This is the ex. I think yeah. I met him once when he came to pick you yeah. up, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Okay. So you guys met in university. Mm-hmm wow wow yeah. okay that's a long time and i think also that's another um another thing when you raise in a conservative family you you want to when it comes to dating the idea is to date for a long time and the idea is to date with marriage in mind right you that's what you yeah because when you when you meet someone you just and this is something that I had to learn to leave behind is Mm -hmm. I would every guy I dated was a potential husband and I'm like sis you're 23 like what potential husband like get your life together you you know so I was like or like you so I I had this mindset but it is again it's because of how I was raised and so mm. you mentioning that you met him in university makes sense now. It makes sense yeah. now. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Well, he's he's long gone and we are very happy for that. So <laughs> we're yeah. very happy for that. Okay, let's continue. So you know, and, and you can probably explain this more, um, in the media. So we know that the media is always portraying certain groups of people certain races of people in particular mm-hmm. ways right mm-hmm. one of the the biggest tropes 
is the the I would call it the desexualization of Asian men, for example. So Asian men, there's this stereotype that Asian men are not as manly as other races, are not as um, I guess sexually desirable as other races. And this is specifically Western media, not Eastern media, just specifically Western media. And then for for, um, Asian girls, the stereotype is that Asian girls are more, um, you know, submissive or quiet or more, you know, docile. Growing up, or even as you navigated the world, you, you she's turning 13 three months. Uh, <laughs> in your 30 years, 29, 29 years plus of life, what do you feel, um, what have you noticed about being an Asian woman in society? What are some of the things you have noticed? Um... The first thing I noticed before was I look different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> different from who? Everybody looks different. Mm. Um, from my other friends. Mm. Yeah, like I have some like uh, white girl friends mm. and some Indian friends. Mm. Also some, uh, some well, what are they called? Mm-hmm. I forgot never mind yeah mm. like i look different mm. okay so they look different too we mm. are all different yeah and being an asian woman it's actually really um i don't know how to say it just really different mm. like yeah like in china i don't feel different at all i just feel okay everybody looks the same or similar mm. yeah because we have the same color and mm. Everybody is uh, has the black hair, mm-hmm. yeah, black eyes, something mm-hmm. like that. But in the states, it was like, wow, this girl has pretty green eyes, but I don't. I'm so mm-hmm. jealous. Something like that. Yeah, but I really like it. Mm-hmm. I really like green eyes. Yeah, but never mind. So yeah, <laughs> just very different. And we all have like a different personality too. Mm-hmm. Like white girls are really open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some Asian girls, I think, very shy sometimes. Mm. Do yeah. you think Asian girls are shy um, in general? Because when I, of course, like when I was in China, I met different, I mean, you, like you said, it's just Asian girls everywhere, right? Because you yeah. are, of course, in China. <laughs> um, but I met different types of of Asian girls so loud ones quiet ones very expressive different personalities right (laughs) do you think that maybe it's because you are in the in a western environment where you number one you raise in a particular kind of family so different values than the girls the white girls or Indian girls or black girls in America, you have different values. Do you think it comes from that? Or do you think Asian girls are just more shy or more quiet? Based on both your experiences of America and China? Well, I think it's just because of the family, their families and how the families raise the kids. Mm. Yeah, I know some other different like Asian families, maybe they're 
like their parents are born and raised in the states too.、Mm-hmm. They're quite open and not very shy about anything at all.、Mm. Yeah, like、mm, yeah, because my mom is very shy, so I think I'm very shy too about、uh, a lot of things、mm-hmm. like sex. Yeah, we won't be able to talk about sex for in a very open occasion. Like、mm. um, I'm having a speech about sex today.、Mm. Yeah, that's pretty much just like a white girl thing, in my、mm. opinion. <laughs> I see, I see. So then maybe we could say second generation、um, Asian girls. Raised in America would probably be more open, and that's because they are more Westernized. I guess right, exactly.、Mm-hmm. Mm, okay, but okay. So then, let's move now to to China, to Beijing, because、um, of course, I was not walking around having sex talks with the Asian girls. <coughs> Excuse me, that I was meeting.、Mm, yeah, but there were a lot of girls that I met. <clears throat> who were very open, very expressive,、mm. right?、Yeah. And it's interesting to me because you were one of them. Like I was like, oh, okay, Wendy's very interesting, very different. But then for you, you would say that you're probably more shy than with the average Western girl or West average white Western girl, quote unquote. So I guess then it, you're right. I think it has to do with your environment, your upbringing,、mm-hmm. and who your parents were as well. So、mm-hmm. yeah, very interesting. Do you think it's changing though? Because I remember,、um, like when I'm like walking around Beijing, for example, it seems、mm-hmm. that there's a lot of Western culture. Starting to seep into the the I would just say specifically the Beijing culture and specifically、mm-hmm. among young people. So maybe teenagers, early twenties, maybe mid twenties. They have a very different vibe, right? <laughs> a very different、yeah. vibe. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Even the fashion. Oh my god! Can we talk about Beijing street fashion? Because oh. Oh, I swear to God! Every day I would just be like, "I want your outfit. I want your outfit. I want." Where did you buy that? Like, give me your clothes. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I see a lot of Western influence. Do you see that as well? Yeah, sure. Yeah, especially we have like、uh, <clears throat> different Western brands just came into Chinese market. It's、mm-hmm. very good, actually. Like before. Oh, you just barely can find.、Um, what's the brand? Oh, Under Armour. Yeah, Under Armour is a very classic example. Actually,、mm-hmm. I didn't even.、Um, some of my Chinese friends they didn't even hear about Under Armour maybe like six or seven years ago.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now it's everywhere in China. It's really fast, and everybody is like, "Oh, okay, we welcome different brands, different cultures." Come into my country, yeah.、Mm. So everybody's like, "Wow, this is new. I have to try this."、Mm. Yeah, especially the twenties or even like eighteen years old kids right now. Hmm, that's very true. That's literally what I noticed as well. I wonder what the university experience would be now. You know, compared、oh, yeah. to. 
that that was probably also more because I mean I used to go clubbing when I was in Beijing and there's there's a lot of like clubs and of course the KTV and um there's um different social spots Beijing is a very social city so mm. I wonder if maybe the the university social experiences have also changed a bit that would be I think it does mm. yeah like when I was in university do you know WeChat the app yes like, yes of course very famous. Mm. yeah but we didn't have WeChat when I was in university. So pretty much everybody was still like calling or texting each other. It wasn't really um, convenient. And mm. now we have WeChat, especially is really like popular in mm. college and the college students and WeChat, they can share all kinds of information they want. Like, oh, which restaurant is very good, very popular. Okay, let's go try it. Mm -hmm. or which KTV is very good and they have the fancy stereos something mm -hmm. like that okay let's go try it yeah pretty much I think they have more like information resources right now mm -hmm. yeah and, yeah and we also have more and more interesting restaurants or interesting just like like a team building spots everywhere right now so you can do some activities with your team members, with your mm. friends, your like uh, classmates, yeah, even the couples. Mm. This is very interesting. Yeah, so you can always find a way to make your life like interesting. And yeah, we didn't have this when I was in university. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point because I think, especially even like with like social media, like. For example, Weibo, it's like now yeah. they have that. So it's there's a lot of celebrity influence, there's a lot of Western influence, there's a lot of access as well. And, and, and like you mentioned, maybe for you guys in the past, if you had a, a, a team or group meeting, mm -hmm. you'd probably have it on campus, right? In the library or... Right. But now it's like, hey, let's meet at this hot pot space and we can have our meeting. So there's more opportunities, I think, to be more social wow right. yeah they don't they don't need to go to a library every day and they can mm -hmm. find some other maybe more comfortable spot to, to talk about what they've been dealing with mm. and and build their friendship mm. something like that i think it's really good i really actually wanted mm. when i was in college like okay maybe just take a day off I don't mm. need to go to library, but then you just get a message from professors. Oh, the deadline is this Friday. Okay, <laughs> I'll go to library. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's 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 very interesting because we have this as well. That this assumption that if you just um, study only, if you just focus on studying only, then you will mm. do well you know, then you will yeah. pass, then you'll do well. But I actually noticed that I do better when my life is more balanced. So when I, <laughs> yeah, because when I'm just focused on studying, it, it, it <clears throat> drains me. But if I study for four hours, go do something, come back, do this, come back, study again, your brain gets time to rest. And so you are actually more productive, you know? Right, so, yeah. 
I'm I'm happy for the next generation of of Chinese kids coming up because they they have a lot of options, which is nice. Okay. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's continue. Um, let's talk about um sexual misconceptions, right?、Mm-hmm. So,、mm-hmm. of course, growing up with very little um sex knowledge, um. What were some of the sexual misconceptions that you had about sex? I mean, I had a lot. Like when I look back, I was just like, "Really? Seriously? Were you you were thinking this way?" But it's because I didn't have the knowledge that I I needed. So, what were、mm-hmm. some of your sexual misunderstandings or misconceptions? Oh, that's an interesting question.、Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, misunderstanding.、Mm. <clears throat> I think I had a few before, but not anymore.、Mm. Well, what was that again? Well, I think like before, I thought,、um, like when I was very young, like、mm. a girl and a guy when they are holding hands, the girl will be pregnant.、Mm. <laughs> Yes, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, that's maybe. Yeah, when I was maybe twelve or thirteen, yeah,、mm. somebody told me, and I just believed it for a very long time.、Mm. Wow, you would never know how long, but maybe when I was until when I was sixteen or seventy years old. Wow!、Yeah. Wow! Who told you that they need to get a smack across their face? Like, who said、yeah. that? <laughs> I think from one of my cousin. Yeah, my cousin is in China too. I think from one of my cousin, and I was like, "Whoa, this is serious." Okay, okay. Do、yeah. not hold my hands.、Oh, yeah, something like that. That's a great way to keep someone from having sex, isn't it? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really great way because, I mean, you won't even. Oh my god! It's forget. Kissing then, because if you can't even hold hands, then kissing will have you having two babies. You know, like it's just right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Until maybe I was well, how old was I? Maybe like fifteen,、mm-hmm. and we had <clears throat> like the sexual thing class. I forgot what's it called,、mm-hmm. and and、uh, the teachers gave each of us one banana. Ah,、oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, and also one condom too, and just taught us how to use it. I was like, oh, okay. Why do I need to know this?、Mm. We just keep each other away from me. Don't do not hold my hands. That's perfect, right? So,、wow. yeah, that kind of bothered me for like many years.、Mm. <laughs> wow, that's actually <laughs> thank you for sharing. I think that's such a an interesting thought space because. You just like I don't need to know this, like because for you, you again, it's abstinence, right? You just don't do it. You stay away. So why would I need to know how to put on a condom on a banana? Exactly.、Because、yeah. I'm not even gonna be getting to that level. I'm not even gonna hold this boy's hand. You know, so <laughs> never, it will never get to that. Wow, wow. Looking back now. <laughs> Looking back, ridiculous, <laughs> right? You just like what? How was I thinking this way? But it makes it makes sense though, because 
when you have little knowledge and little information, then you go with what you know or what you're told. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned that sex ed was very open, very open. After the banana, actually, no, during the banana incidents, like this is the banana, this is how you put on a condom. What was the class environment like? Were were kids Um, laughing? Were, Were people asking questions? What was it like? It was like very, everybody was very serious and looked very serious. I can still remember that. Yeah, mm-hmm. because yeah, the teacher was really helpful. Yeah, she was really open and just telling us, okay, today we will talk about how women receive. Is that, is that a word? Receive? Mm, receive yeah. is let a me, word. Yeah, let me mm-hmm. look up the word. Yeah, okay. English has been broken. That's amazing. <laughs> no worries. <clears throat> you were in China for so long, girl. Like, I, we have yeah. to talk about you being back in, like, I guess the world. New Zealand counts as a Western country, in a Western yeah. country. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is called Conceive. Oh, yes. Conceive. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. And they were like, okay, that's interesting. That's maybe mm. like a biology class, maybe. And then, yeah, everybody was really calm and really like open for this. And mm. the teacher, was, I think the key is the teacher. So mm. the teacher has to take this serious and make it open to everybody. So mm. we will think, okay, so this is something serious and mm. are, it's okay to be open about it and mm. talk about it, I think. Wow, so that's such a good point because your teacher made it so comfortable that it mm. became very natural. And I talk about this all the time. Sex is very natural, right? It's, my sister always jokes. She said, I'm telling you, even during the height of COVID, people were still having sex. That's why babies were born very recently right. <laughs> because it was still happening. Um, no matter what catastrophe is happening in the world, sex is always happening at the same time and that's because it is just so natural so your teacher made it very natural so there was no uncomfortableness around it you know so that's amazing that's amazing okay so I am very grateful that you had your your sex ed teachers because wow they are much better than my life orientation teachers for sure, mm. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay, let's talk about misconceptions about your your body, your own body. Mm. Because mm-hmm. of course, growing up as a girl, um, you go through puberty, you your body changes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Do you think that you got to know your body and how it works um, early on, or do you think you started learning that the older you got? I think I know like how it works. Sometimes I can feel it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. And how comfortable are you in your body? Because there's always like, um, there's, of course, we're surrounded by media all the time, and media is always telling us, you know, this is the beauty standard. You mentioned earlier that 
you would be like oh for example around your white friends like oh she has like blue eyes or oh, that's so pretty or oh, I would like that etc etc <laughs> right um yeah we do live in a very still it is changing but a very mm-hmm. eurocentric standard of beauty so pale skin very pale skin and blue eyes for example in your mm. body as an asian girl how comfortable mm. are you in your body right now um or do you do you still feel the, the pressures of the media telling you about beauty standards mm, i actually feel very comfortable with my body mm, that's <laughs> yeah, good really, yeah i'm really proud of my my hair is mm. black yeah mm. and my eyes they're really brown age black mm. something like that yeah mm. and i yeah i've seen some um, this the post on social media like oh you need to be fit like this you're gonna mm. have a, your butt like a like a peach very juicy something like mm. that i was like okay hmm, okay maybe maybe this is pretty but mm. oh. Well, I make my own standard, you know. Mm, yes, girl. Yes, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Do you think that is that comes with age? So the older you, because I've noticed the older I get, the lot, the less fucks I give. <laughs> like I just don't care. The older I get. Do you think it it, it <laughs> yeah. comes with age? I think it it is. It does. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I think maybe like if. I'm not 29. If I'm still like 15 or 16, mm. yeah, I think I will just um, maybe care about my body like very much. Like, oh, why is he? Why is she so skinny? I want to be mm. like that too. Why does she look so good in bikini? I want that too. But yeah, we all have like something more important to focus on in our life. Mm. So yeah, but I'm very comfortable with how I look like right now. So, mm. yeah, I don't really care about the social media right now. So mm. it's just like, okay, you have your life, I have my life. So we're all happy. So just don't bother me. Mm. That's amazing. That's amazing. I think that is definitely the the mindset that we should all be living in. And I feel bad for for teenagers and people in their early twenties right now because. Mm. they just dealing with what social media is saying this is beautiful this is how you should look this is and they don't yet have the the self-knowledge um mm. to right. not feel the pressure you know so right. I, I really feel bad for them because honest to god the older you get the less you stop caring you're just like okay whatever <laughs> this is my life this is how I choose to live it you live your life great thank you very much leave me alone but for people right. in, in that stage oh and we were so lucky though Wentz, because we grew up we didn't have all of this it's like the the social medias and the yeah, yeah. no we were I mean, of course, we had magazines and TV shows that would tell you that this is what is considered beautiful and this is the body that is considered, you know, but it wasn't this level. I feel like now right. it's, it's, it's 24-7 all the time, you know. You can't even go on Instagram right. and not be told that you don't fit the standard, you know. So I feel bad for, for these kids. Jeez, <laughs> honestly. Fine. Yeah, I heard some kids, they, 
actually go do the plastic surgery to <clears throat> get themselves skinny and look pretty. But yeah, but you know, after you get a plastic surgery, you look weird, right? It's yeah. like, I don't know how to describe the weirdness. It is weird. It looks more plastic. So like it, because you're adding something to something natural. I I, I don't have a problem with um with plastic surgery. I think if you if you want to go have plastic surgery, people can go have plastic surgery. But I do have a problem with um getting plastic surgeries that are very dangerous, uh, right. just because you want to you know fit the mold. And a very mm. big one that is happening is called the BBL which is the Brazilian mm. butt lift, right? You mentioned the juicy peachy ass just right. before. <laughs> everybody, everybody wants that. And so people are doing this very dangerous procedure called the BBL um, in an oh. attempt to have that peachy <laughs> butt. So... <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> just Akash. Mm, yeah, oh, okay. partner's mate. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. No worries. So I'm just like, if you're gonna do that, then you know that's a bit dangerous because you could just get that from working out, kind of. But anyway, but yes, I I do think that you're very right. It, it's mm. it's a bit, especially if it's to please other people. If it's to please yourself, then that's okay. But if it's to please other people, mm. then that's a different issue. All yeah, right. Great. Okay, let's continue. Do you think that society allows women to be sexual beings? What do you think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I in what think way? So. Mm-hmm. In I think in in China or the states. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, in China is actually still I think a little bit weird right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because. Yeah, for some reason, I think the guys is still really powerful for everything mm. at the moment. Yeah, but in the states, it's opposite. It's like women are powerful for everything. Mm. Do you mean like mm. powerful sexually? So, for example, in terms of sexual expression, you can wear what you want. Um, right. Say what I mean. You you've heard the WAP, right? The song WAP. With Cardi B and Megan the Stallion, <laughs> um, <laughs> there was there was a massive uproar about that. Like people were like, "Why are these women doing this? This is so crazy." Did you ever see the video for WAP, or did it just you just skipped it? I think I skipped it. <laughs> okay, go today after we finish this podcast. Go on YouTube. <laughs> and watch the video for WAP and when that video came up people were losing it they're like this is not how women should behave this is not how you know etc etc and I think it just reminded me personally that you mentioned China that it's still a bit weird and it's still a bit bit awkward uh, in terms of what women can and can't do and in the west of course it's a lot more liberal but when that video came out it actually reminded me that we have advanced but not enough if that makes any sense so I was like "Ah, okay so you can go watch it and you can tell me what you think about it later on (laughs) okay Okay, I will definitely coolies all righty um I think we can we've covered most of our questions for today um Mm. now I have a question in the sense of if you could go back 
and tell your 15 year old self um, something that you know now about your sexuality, your body um, that she didn't know, what would you tell her? Well, I will tell her, do not listen to your cousin. (laughs) That is very important. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) And the second thing is, well, just maybe go talk to my parents more about the sexual thing. Mm. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. I'm, I'm not thinking just to change their minds. Maybe just do more communication so mm. yeah maybe it will just make our life very easier mm. when I was a teenager I think okay yeah, pretty much like that yeah so you wish you were you had been a lot more vocal with your parents open up right. the line of communication and mm. yeah, I I hope I can somehow make my mom that way too. <laughs> mm. I, I've managed to make my mom that way. My mom was very conservative sexually, but now like she's an open book and I forced the book open so you can do it as well. Yeah, I'll give you How tips. Do you do that? I'll give you tips offline. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you some tips. So yeah, I, I love that. I love that. Now, when you go on, let's say you you raise a daughter, raise a son later on, how would you do this differently? Like from, from a sexual perspective, how would you teach sex in your household, if at all? Mm, well, I think, well, if I have a boy, mm. I'll ask Daniel to do it first. <clears throat> yeah mm-hmm. and then we both will sit down with our boy mm-hmm. and talk about this just openly together I think mm-hmm. yeah and if I have girl I think I will start the conversa- conversation mm-hmm. like privately mm-hmm. with my girl and just explain anything she wants mm-hmm. to know mm-hmm. yeah and then I will just yeah, I would invite Daniel to join us too. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. That's good. <laughs> and so you will let them know that you are a source of information and knowledge and that mm. there is no shame in that. You can right. come to me. Mm. Yeah, I think it's very important because like as a kid, they always need help. I think either mm. like mentally or some other kind of help yeah they have to know that your parents will always be there for you absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. and also just the knowing that if you don't do it social media is ready to teach them and websites are ready to teach them and they might be teaching them the unhealthy in the wrong way in the wrong way exactly exactly gosh raising a kid in the 21st century is I can't imagine how stressful that is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, all right, Wendy. Well, thank you so much for coming. I really, really appreciated this conversation. And Mm -hmm. we've kind of shown, it seems like I always joke about this, but for me, it seems like 
Asian conservatism, I don't know if I'm saying that word right, and African mm. conservatism, they have some intersectionality. So they sometimes we have similar upbringings and similar mm-hmm. belief systems. So I always find it interesting um, seeing where we cross in terms of experiences. So yeah, okay, okay. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for being open. Thank you for, for sharing You're your so story. so welcome, Tandy. And thank you for yes. your time. We have a, I think, <laughs> I think we have a 10-hour time difference, right? Right, right. It's uh, 8.30 p.m. here. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you. And um, I am very excited to for people to hear this. And um, and thank you for your time, Wins. And yeah, I guys... Um, this is Wendy. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully you are able to receive and listen to her perspective and um, her way of viewing sex and sexuality as well. Wendy, thank you. And I will see you guys in the next episode.